welcome to this special edition of Salt and Light Radio. Today we feature an exclusive Vatican Radio interview with Salt and Light CEO, Father Thomas Rosica. And we rebroadcast two of our favorite featured artists from this season, Rosanna Reverso and Father Robert Gallia. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and welcome to a special edition of Salt and Light Radio. Here now is Rosanna Reverso with He's the One. He is the life for me and 
You're listening to Salt and Light Radio, heard on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And that was Rosanna Reverso with He's the One from her album Let There Be Peace. Now, remember the priests, the Irish singing priests? Well, last time they were in Canada, they sang in Toronto and with them sang a beautiful soprano with a powerful voice. Turns out that her name is Rosanna Reverso, and she's Catholic. And she's not just in it to make money. She believes that it is her duty to use her talents for the greater good. She donates her time and musical abilities for various charitable events. Right now, for example, she's in the middle of her annual Peace Concert Tour. And this is her way of spreading the Christian faith and raising funds for local churches and charities. And Rosanna Reverso joins me now on the phone. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio, Radio, Rosanna. Hi there, Pedro. Thank you for having me. No, it's great to have you. Um, You've been performing since you were a little little girl, seven years old or something, right? Yes. So what was it like in your home growing up? Was it like the Von Trapp family singers? (laughs) Well, I'm actually the the youngest of three girls. Okay. And... um, uh, my, the the middle the middle sister the the middle child um, was already involved in music and she's about eight years older than I am. Oh really? So um, with that age with that age uh, difference, as a very very young girl, I was listening to her. She would play the piano, and so her that was her passion was was playing the piano. So I was always around around her. You know, I looked up to her, and my father is also someone who really loves the arts. Um, he would always be taking my sisters and I to to plays and to musicals and and even to the opera, which uh-huh. really wasn't our thing as kids. Right. <laughs> okay, so you were singing at church, so obviously you were going to mass every Sunday. Was was your faith life also at at home? Was it a rich faith life, or is that something that came later for you? No, I think it was. Uh, it, it did come very early on. I went to Catholic school as well, mm-hmm. and uh, my my parents were both very. Um, very devout, faith, uh, faithful Christians, faithful Catholics. My father, for as long as I can remember, has been uh, a reader at church and uh-huh. a Eucharistic minister um, and volunteers a lot of his time um, to various charities uh, and, and church activities, uh, right. the Knights of Columbus as well. Oh, yeah. And my mother is just someone who um, really inspired me to turn to prayer she saw you know she's not maybe as active in the church as my father is Mm -hmm. but um you know she's the the person that is always every friday at a novena at a various church in in our city and um you know whenever whenever what both good times or bad times uh, her first i guess place that she turns to is is prayer and so i learned that both definitely from my parents right um and I think, if anything, I got that at an early age, and it was, like I said, at, uh, similar to to my steering away from classical music. It was the, the years of adolescence and, and going into university where I maybe, you know, steered off the path a bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, although I, I always loved God and I always, you know, believed in Jesus, and, and I, I perhaps wasn't as um, de- devoted to, to prayer and to, you know, going to Sunday Mass regularly while I was, 
you know, um, in university and uh-huh. focusing more on my studies. Right. Now, anyone joining the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm your host, Pedro. We're speaking with our featured artist of the week, Rosanna Reverso. Uh, I just wanted to quickly ask you a little bit about your music because you don't just sing, you know, Schubert's Ave Maria. You, you also do contemporary stuff and you write your own music. So, and we've heard two of your songs already. Um, he's the one. He's Can the you one t- and Fly On. And I Fly believe. On. Can you tell us a little bit about those songs? Yes. Um, well, He's the One is a song that I, I wrote really as a, as a response to, to studying the Gospel of John. Um, mm. The past uh, few years have been a, an emotional and spiritual journey for me. Back in, in 2004, my mother was, was diagnosed with, with cancer, and it was pretty um, stressful. Mm-hmm. And it was a time in my life where I um, was confused about uh, the path that I, you know, should take in terms of my career choices thus far, and mm-hmm. and so um, that was really the point at which I felt I um, turned back, really turned back to God. Whereas prior to that, I was, um, you know, looking to myself and my own powers to, to make things happen or to get answered, my own reasoning instead of just mm-hmm. praying for God to, to guide me. And so um, it was during that time that I really just felt he was calling me to just go back to the Word, go back to my my, my faith. And so I started with, with the Gospel of John. And right. when I was reading, um, in particular, chapter 4, um, or 14, rather, when, when, when Jesus is speaking to the disciples um, at the time of the Last Supper, yeah. um, and he, you know, the words, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and, and the message of peace, and that how as Christians, um, you know, the way that we show the world that we are Christians is, is by maintaining a peaceful heart in the midst of our trials and tribulations, because Jesus, that's why Jesus came. Jesus overcame the world, so we could have that peace, and he right. doesn't offer the type of peace that the world offers. You know, when everything's going your way in the world, you can be peaceful. Well, anybody can feel like that when everybody's, you know, Absolutely. when everything's going their way. Yeah. Jesus really teaches us, I, I believe, especially in that passage, um, that that he's the way to peace, and and if we believe in him, and that we, you know, um, follow follow him, uh, and recognize that he made the sacrifice for us, you know, we will feel the peace, and mm-hmm. so. That's where the inspiration by He's the One came from. Yeah, we're, and just Rosanna, we're running out of time, but I, I don't want to leave you without talking about the tour, the the, the peace tour. Um, th- this is an annual concert tour that you've been doing. I well, the intention is for it to be annual. Okay. This is the first okay, so this year is the that first we started annual. it. Okay. So um, we're hoping that we can make this an annual tour, correct? And, yeah. And where does the inspiration behind the, the the tour come from? I mean, you've talked already a little bit about you know being Christians and how that inspires us to to be peaceful. Is that sort of the same motivation? Yes, and I think, like I was saying to you uh, at the time of of when I was dealing with. Um, uh, the situation with my mom's illness um, and wanting to wanting uh, questioning my own purpose in life. That's when I really felt the call, the call from God to to use my musical talents um, to to give Him glory and and to and to make a difference. And and the way to do that was to help to help spread the Christian faith. Um, you know, in today's society, it seems that um, there's a lot of different movements, like the I Am movement, where you could, you know. There is no God, and you, God is yourself, or, or you right. believe that you can make all the difference without without God. And I just wanted to to be um, someone to help um, help spread the Christian faith because that's where I, in in, in my life, has fa- have found the most happiness and peace is, is in Jesus and in in my faith. 
Right. So, so that was really the call behind it. And I think at the same time, we've made all of these concerts charitable. Uh-huh. So I think if we can spread the Christian faith, but at the same time also raise funds for the needy and for the, for the disadvantaged, then we're also being an example of what God calls us to be, which is loving our neighbors. And so um, I think that really was you know, the, the inspi- inspiration yes. and the passion behind it. So there's one more concert date that's next Saturday, October 8th, correct? It's Sorry, next Friday. Friday, Friday, October the 8th. <laughs> Friday, thank you. Friday, October 8th in Toronto at St. Paul's Basilica. Correct. At what time? And it's at 8 p.m., so the doors will open at 7, but the show will start at 8. Okay. And we also have some surprise guest performers uh, at that show that have not been part of the previous um, Peace Concerts. So um, it'd be great to have people come out and, and take a look. Excellent. No, and I, I will be there. Salt and Light Television will be there, and I highly recommend it. I mean, you've already heard some of Rosanna's music. So if you like what you're hearing and you are in the Toronto area, come out uh, at 8 p.m., come before 8 p.m. on October 8th, Friday, to St. Paul's Basilica to listen to this concert and support the charities that Rosanna is supporting and, and, and enjoy an evening of, of faith-filled music. Rosanna, that's all the time we have. No problem. Um, Thank you very much for having me. Not a problem, and, uh, and I'll see you next Friday. Great. Thanks, Pedro. Okay. Rosanna Reverso, our featured artist of the week. You can get more information about Rosanna and how to purchase her CD, actually, at her website, rosannareverso.com. That's Rosanna with two N's, R-O-S-A-N-N-A, Reverso, R-I-V-E-R-S-O.com. But we'll also put that link on our website as well, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Here now is Rosanna with her song, Waiting. Traces Cold Lonely places Shadows That reach beyond The drifting Snow Melting The sorrow For every Tomorrow Thank you. 
Renewal Ministries invites you to prepare your hearts for Holy Week at the 19th annual Lift Jesus Higher Rally. Thousands of Catholics from all over Canada and the United States will gather at Toronto's Metro Convention Centre on Saturday, April 9th for a day featuring inspiring speakers, uplifting music, confession, a Eucharistic procession, and Holy Mass. Young people are invited to join in a separate youth rally featuring dynamic speakers and great praise and worship music. Come prepare your hearts for Holy Week. Come lift Jesus higher. For tickets or information, visit the Lift Jesus Higher Rally website or call 416-251-4255. In 2009, Father Thomas Rosica, CEO of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation, was appointed by Pope Benedict XVI a consultor for the Pontifical Council for Social Communications. Recently, while Father Rosica was in Rome for the plenary of the Council for Social Communications, Vatican Radio invited him for a special interview. How should we use the new media's language and communication methods for evangelizing in today's fast-paced digital society? This was the challenge being discussed at the Plenary Assembly of the Pontifical Council for Social Communications, held earlier this month. Among the participants at the meeting in the Vatican was Father Thomas Rosica, head of the Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation and Television Network. He says whilst the Gospel message itself is eternal, its packaging needs to be constantly revamped. I don't think it's the message that has to be changed. You know, I still go back to John the 23rd's words when he opened the Second Vatican Council. The deposit of the faith remains. It's the packaging that has to be redone or rethought. And I think that's the constant challenge for us, especially those who work with young adults and young people. We look at the content of the church, the content of the church teaching the deposit of faith. We recognize its perennial beauty and we find constant new ways to retell that story. And so one of my challenges I have before me, I'm in charge of the Catholic Television Network in Canada, Salt and Light Television, which is fundamentally a, a biblical-based television network for an entire country. And we're telling the old story in new ways every day and making that story appealing, making that story understandable, making that story palatable, 
And when we do that, through all kinds of modern media and technology, the message is transmitted, the message is passed on, and you make it exciting and let people accept it, especially the younger generations. So that's the constant challenge before us. It's not just reiterating or retelling the same old story with the same words, but being creative. And that's what Jesus was. He was extremely creative in telling the story. He never spoke above people's heads. He spoke to them where they were. Now, you said about telling it uh and putting the new packaging on it. Can you give us briefly an example of how you've done that, how you've maybe used some of the new technology but are telling the story in a way, that, as you say, that is more palatable? Sure. We just had a recent thing in Canada, which I'm very proud of, and I know the bishops of Canada are extremely proud of. The Bishops' Conference decided two years ago to publish or to issue a pastoral letter on chastity for young adults. Now, at first glance, you say, who's going to read it? How are you ever going to get this message across? It isn't just a matter of you know, repeating stories and saying the big no to all of these things, but it's to follow Pope Benedict's line and that Christianity and the Catholic Church is a big yes. And so we worked with the Bishops' Conference in the formulation of a beautiful pastoral letter, concluding it with the examples of some young saints and their own struggles with chastity and how they were chaste men and women. And then we not only published the letter in print, but we did it through television and through YouTube and having young people talk about the letter and recite the letter and programs about it, and it spread like wildfire. And there's a lot more young people in Canada, and I'm told far beyond, that are speaking about chastity than would have spoken about chastity had they not had this new way where it's done on Twitter, it's done on YouTube, it's done through all kinds of different new techniques and new technology today. And I think the more and more we can incorporate multi-platform to get the message across, the more success we will have in transmitting the ancient story in new ways. Now, one of the questions that Pope Benedict mentioned in his speech to the Council was that as Catholic communicators, we need to ask this question. What challenges does the digital mindset pose to the faith and theology? And what are the effects of people's almost constant contact with computers and mobile devices? Are we becoming too dependent on them? Those are very good questions. You know, there's extraordinary horizons with all of this, and there's tremendous limitations. A couple points I just respond to, that we have to be very careful in the church, and not only in the church, in other places, that we don't spin ourselves into irrelevance. You know, it's not the machine that's going to save the person. It's people to people. And we must never substitute human contact with machines, with iPhones, with iPads, with Twitter, with email, with texting. Nothing replaces the wonderful experience of being with another human being. And one of the fears I have, and it's been confirmed several times, is while we encourage young people to be on Facebook and to be on all of those other wonderful apparatus, we have to be careful that they don't forget that we have to deal with one another as persons. You can say things to persons in the flesh that you can't say on email. At the same time, you have to be careful that email and Twitter and texting is not the same as being being with a person. The second thing I think is very important, when we send things on those electronic means, it's sometimes done without thought and without reflection. The whole pause, the necessary critical reflection is often absent. And so we have to be aware of the great success of linking us together and forming this great global village, but at the same time, we have to be aware of the limitations. I always go back to the beginning story. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, 
and we have beheld his glory. The word did not become an email, an SMS, a text message, or some kind of a distant phenomenon being related to us through Twitter. The word pitched his tent among us in the form of a baby. It was a human being. And I think the more incarnational our our communication will be, these new forms of communication, the more effective it will be. Coming to the question of metaphors, Jesus used the parables and obviously there were the symbols like the sheep and the fields, but what would you, if you were pitching a program for young people, what metaphors would you be using? I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, in my first life, in my real life, I'm a scripture teacher, so I study the sacred scriptures and have always marveled at Jesus' parables where he incorporated everything around him into his teaching. He lived in a very agrarian culture. He worked along the sea, so you have fishing boats and nets and fish and sheep and fields and corn and everything else. And that really shows that he was attentive to his surroundings and the surroundings of the people. Nowadays, when we have to communicate the message of the church and teach and preach, we have to take into account where those people are at. So the homily that I give in a downtown big city surrounded by apartment buildings and skyscrapers and and whatever is not the same as the homily I will give in the provinces or the prairies of Canada where we're surrounded by great grain fields and whatever. So the first thing is we take into account where people are at and what makes up their culture. Secondly, what is the vocabulary that the people are using? For me to come in and to show off because I know biblical vocabulary and fancy theological languages means nothing unless I respect the people, I respect their vocabulary, their language. What is their lexicon? What are the images that people are familiar with? And then to take the gospel message and do that double task of interpretation. There's the whole science or the art of hermeneutics, which is very important in, in, in dealing with the teaching of the faith. How do we get across the symbols, the signs, the the meaning in very simple terms. That was the other great thing of Jesus' teaching. He taught very complex things in such simple way. And that's also one of the great hallmarks of Pope Benedict XVI. His homilies, his texts, the light of the world, the book that's just about to come out on Jesus of Nazareth, profoundly moving, deep texts, because he's able to take very difficult concepts at times and make them understandable. And that's the mark of a great teacher. Do you think also, I mean, using real-life examples is one of the most effective ways of, shall we say, reaching the hearts and minds of people? Oh, absolutely. To talk about what's happening in the world today, to talk about things that are affecting people's lives, and to bring in those examples, always to illustrate the central point of the scriptures and not the other way around. I think sometimes that's where we get into trouble, that we want to talk about our personal feelings, our personal issues, or to start off with extraneous things. We always have to have in mind, what is the message I'm talking about? What's this parable dealing with? What did Jesus mean in this parable in his time? And what are the relevant links to that parable in our time? And to make that bridge, the hermeneutical gap, to cross that gap, to bridge it, and then to transmit the message. Now, coming back to the language used by the church, I mean, there have been moves to consider simplifying some of the language, as I said, you know, using words like magisterium or something, a lot of people are going to not know what it means, their eyes are going to glaze over in boredom if, if a speech is going to be littered with a lot of words like that. You're correct, we do have a problem with vocabulary. But it's a responsibility of the teacher and the preacher and the priest or the deacon or the pastoral minister, or layperson or ordained 
to always be aware of what the original word meant, and then to find ways of communicating that in new ways without doing destruction or without disrespecting what the original word means. I think a lot of this is common sense and the, the passion of the preacher to want to get across the message. I will use any means possible to get across this message. And sometimes that means not using all of the big words, but knowing what those big words mean ourselves. Because if we don't know ourselves, then we're not communicating the right thing. And there, that's really the responsibility we have nowadays. Church language, church documents, uh, all of our noble efforts at times could be vitiated or simply disregarded because they're nobody could understand them. And that's been one of our challenges for a long time, and we're trying to overcome that. And when it comes to the digital culture, what do you think are the, should we say, the most serious challenges that it poses to our ability to speak and listen to the language, something that speaks about the transcendence? Rapidity, first of all. You know, there has to be this, this urge, an immediate response, which removes critical reflection. Number two, the digital culture separates us. It doesn't necessarily unite us. And we must always be conscious of the dignity of the human person and what it means to be with another human being. Uh, Sometimes the digital culture works against that. And the third thing with the digital culture, we must not spin ourselves into irrelevance. I have to buy the latest model of the iPad, the latest model of the iPhone, the newest Blackberry, the newest thing. And it becomes a big race that what I just bought yesterday is already obsolete. I think that's a great danger. And the fourth thing I think we have to be aware of with the whole digital culture is, especially in terms of social networking, in the movie was this big hit. I watched the movie Social Networking and came away from it shaking, shocked, frustrated, frightened. I said, this is what it's doing? Is this a good thing? I'm glad it didn't win the Academy Awards, I can assure you. We have to be aware that these kind of phenomenon with social networking, what is it doing to us is the question. I mean, it's one thing that I'm linked together with all my high school classmates or friends from 30 years ago and whatever, but what is it really doing to us? And what is it saying about the world? And what is it saying about our relationships with people? Is it really communicating and linking people together? When it's used at its best, it can do that. But when it's used at its worst, it can bring about just the opposite of what we would like it to do. I was speaking to Father Thomas Rosica, Chief Executive Officer of the Salt and Light Television Network in Canada. Visit the magnificent Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Walk in the footsteps of St. Bernadette in Navarre. Experience Perret le Monial through the Chapel of the Visitation and the Basilica of the Sacred Heart. And enjoy the famous food and wine of the region. Hello, bienvenue, welcome to Blessed Journeys France. As a friend of Salt and Light, take advantage of this trip that's been especially planned for you. Your participation will support the work of the Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. For further details, including a full itinerary, sign-up sheet, and more, visit saltandlighttv.org slash blessedjourneys or call us at 1-888-302-7181. Bon voyage. Are you someone who is glued to your mobile device? Do you use a BlackBerry, iPhone, iPad, iTouch? Do you know that there are a ton of wonderful electronic tools that can help you in your spiritual journey? And to tell us about some of them, here is Sister Marie-Paul Curley, 
of the Daughters of St. Paul, Sister Marie Paul. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you, Pedro. It's good to be here. Yes. Now, before we start, maybe uh, people might not be familiar with the Daughters of St. Paul. Can you tell us a little bit about the, your mission or your charism? Oh, sure. Uh, yes. Um, we were founded in 1915 by Blessed Jane Silberione mm-hmm. in Italy to uh, evangelize culture using the media. Of course, back then we started with... Um, the very basics. I think we did new um, bulletins and newspapers, and then gradually developed our own printing presses and, and books. And one of our early um, efforts was getting a Bible in every home. Huh. And um, that uh, would, took a lot of energy from our sisters and I uh, back in those early days. Um, this was, of course, before you had a bookstore in every corner. And, hmm. um, and so it's it's been um, marvelous, though, to see the development of the media and the development also of our mission in light of the right. trying to stay current. So, but the, I guess evangelize the culture through using media. That hasn't changed. Now, just a question. So the Daughters of St. Paul, are you, is it the, so Pauline publishers or St. Paul or like the Paulist Fathers, Paulist Publications, is that all part of the same uh, congregation? I think you've mixed a few of us together. Okay, so, so I have. <laughs> the, our community of the sisters is called the Daughters of St. Paul. Yes. And then our publishing arm, our, our missionary arm, I guess you could say, is called Pauline Books and Media. Okay. Um, like the Pauline Letters. Um, and then uh, Paulist is a wonderful community of priests who um, also, uh, their focus is evangelization, and they do a lot of evangelization with the media because of course, that's what we need to do in okay. the church today. Okay, okay, but you're not, it's not the same congregation. No, no. Okay, so evangelize, I guess, I guess evangelize culture using media, yes. then it makes sense that you would have moved from newsletters to books to movies to yeah. apps? Yes, and we're, we're really excited about developing um, apps um, because, to be honest, it gives you so many possibilities to reach so many people, uh-huh. especially because... You know, for uh, for a book, you know, one of the main we- ways that we've always distributed our materials is through our Pauline Books and Media Centers, uh-huh. and we have one right here in Toronto. But we, it's always been a bit of a challenge to reach out and to reach beyond, and the internet has just made that uh, so much easier in a way. When people are really looking for good Catholic materials to nurture their faith right. life, it's a lot easier to find those materials now. Um, and apps are kind of the latest, I guess, evolution of that. Um, our founder had an interesting um, approach to the media. He used to say, uh, you know, that how powerful the print media was. Mm-hmm. And then as, uh, as radio developed and became more popular and, t- and television and, and film, of course, I said that out of order. Um, yes. But as these different media developed, he, he used to say that the more senses that are engaged, you know, if it's sight, it's where where that that media is powerful, but if it's sight and sound, right, uh, or if it's print and picture, he said that has a power to reach the person's heart more Interesting. easily. Interesting, yeah. And so he really encouraged us. I mean, he himself got into making films uh, quite early um, in the nineteen late nineteen thirties, and uh, and it was one of his dreams that we could really develop that. So apps just seems to be a natural flow um, because they do lead to, I mean, there's print, there's music, at least in our applications. Yes. There's print, there's music, there's visuals. Um, yeah, there's it's in- interactive. Yeah. And, right. Um, one yeah. of the special features of most of the apps that the sisters are developing is that for many of them, they have to do, so far, we've had, a lot of them have had to do with prayer, 
um, especially our, our newest one, Healing Psalms and Prayers. Right. And that app allows you, once you've actually prayed the prayer, there's a little envelope in the corner, and you can click on it, and you can email to some yeah, person yeah, for I whom saw you that. prayed the prayer. Neat. Okay, you know, sister, just a note for anyone that might be joining at this time, so that they know what they're listening to. It's Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro, and we're speaking with Sister Marie Paul Curley of the Daughters of St. Paul. We're talking about Catholic apps. So, Healing Songs and Prayers, this is the latest uh, application that the Daughters have developed. Yeah. Tell us more about it. Oh, it's wonderful. I was actually praying with it during my Hour of Adoration the other day. You, really? You don't tend to think of bringing an iPhone into a chapel, but it actually can be a very powerful way of praying. Um, there's, there's psalms that are written out that you can read on the screen. Uh-huh. Um, there's also uh, prayers that are based or inspired by the psalms that are there as well. There's also music. Um, there's recorded psalms that you can listen to if, you, you know, if your eyes Just are tired listen, or if yeah. you want to pray just by listening or repeating aloud um, what the psalm is. Um, and then there's also that lovely feature that you can email it as well. Yeah. Um, and there's psalms for, for the morning and the evening, and which is kind of a natural rhythm of prayer of the church anyway. Okay. Um, so it, it becomes a, a beautiful prayer tool. And it's got a neat little images that, that it actually looks like morning or looks like evening, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's very there's, cool. There's some beautiful sunsets. It's... Um, I should scroll through the pictures while we're talking, but they, they are very uh, peaceful but also inspiring images. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a fair question because I don't know how much you know about the development of this actual app, but how much, it sounds like a lot of work goes into this to record voices or, you know, reading psalms. Is that something that the sisters did all themselves? Oh, well, actually, we collaborated. A, a company helped us to do some of the, I think you call it the coding uh-huh. of the program itself. Yeah. But yes, actually, one of the sisters of my own community here in Toronto, uh, Sister Irene, uh-huh. uh, helped to give input uh, to develop the app. One of the other sisters um, brought in an, um, an audio, uh, a gentleman who could record the audio right. uh, because he has a beautiful reading voice and okay. we wanted something you know, really outstanding, a really beautiful quality to pray the Psalms aloud. Yes. And, and it's a material is actually drawn from several books that we've published as well as original material. So it does take a lot more to put it together than, um, than something like a little pamphlet because you're, you're using all these different elements and pulling them together. But yeah. then again, you hope that uh, in that way that, that the person who's praying with this, with this application can really be touched and really you know, it can become an encounter with God. Yeah. You know, that's what we want to do is create that space on that iPhone or the iPod Touch. We want to create that space where the person can encounter God. No, and that's, you know what, and that's, I mean, people are commuting, people are, so it's, it's I think it's great, uh, a great tool, um, and, and I love what you said about engaging all the senses. So if people want to access to this, uh, um, to this app, is it available through the Daughters of St. Paul or... How do you download it? Is it free? How does that work? Oh, that's really, those are really good questions. Right now, uh, the app is developed specifically with iTunes okay. uh, or for iTunes. So you would need to either, you can actually get the link from our website, which I'm going to read off. It's www.pawline.org. Okay. And you just click on, there's a little button that says apps and MP3s, and you can choose which one you want to look at. Um, and then it gives you a link right to the app store that you can buy it from. And it's, it, this one is currently $1.99 U.S., okay. so whatever that translates to Canadian. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and then you can also find more material on our, some of the other apps, okay, like the, the Rosary Miracle Prayer and w- Saint Today. 
We have a little bit more time. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the other apps that you that you either have available at, through through the daughters or other apps that you've found that might be neat to oh, share? Oh, yeah. Um, I'd love to. The Rosary Miracle Prayer is a beautiful app that lets you actually pick pictures that you're going to look at while you're praying the rosary. Oh, and nice. also reflections, additional reflections. If you want to, you know, pray a scripture passage with every Hail Mary or if you just want a little more material besides the little audio reflection that's offered, the sisters actually pray that rosary aloud. So it's, it's a beautiful way of feeling like you're being literally joined in prayer with the sisters, which you are, because I know every sister who recorded that rosary huh. is constantly praying for the people who are praying that rosary with them, oh, um, nice. however they're doing it electronically. So that's a, that's a beautiful application. Yeah. There's also some great applications for, for the Mass, you know, for following yes. the readings yes. and for praying the Liturgy of the Hours. Um, I missal has some lovely, um, has all the, all the missile readings for mm-hmm. you when you go to Mass. I think it's Sundays and weekdays as well. Yeah. And let me think, what's, there's a, that one's re- very inexpensive, but there's also a, a more expensive one that's really, really complete. It's got the liturgy of the hours, of all the hours and all the Mass readings, and that's called Universalis. And that's a great, we don't produce that, but it's a great app also to have, um, although it's, I mean, it's equivalent to buying, like, four beautifully bound books. So (laughs) the price is a little bit higher. Okay. Um, Well, that's useful. I think uh, some people like having it all in one place. Yeah. Scripture readings, Liturgy of the Hours. Um, I know a lot of people who do the daily office on their iPhone. So that's great. Again, the website that Sister mentioned is uh, www.pauline.org. So P-A-U-L-I-N-E dot O-R-G. And Sister Marie Paul also has a blog, so you can check her out at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com. Thank you, Sister Marie Paul, for... uh, speaking with us today. Thank you for having me, Pedro. It's always a joy. Yes. And <laughs> God bless. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Robert Galea, from his new album, Reach Out, the song Fragile Heart. You hold me now For too long I thought I could go along Scattered dreams All my hopes trampled on the floor Too many times before I'm hoping now You would write your name upon my paper heart Words of love to when it feels we're worlds apart Turn my life around Give me a brand new start Set my feet on solid ground You wrote your name on my fragile
start Set my feet on solid ground That was our featured artist of the week, Father Robert Gallia, with Fragile Heart. If you were listening to Salt and Light Radio in May 2009, you would have heard a special concert that we aired featuring a young Maltese seminarian who was studying in Australia. At the time, Robert Gallia was best known for his participation during World Youth Day 2008. Well, Robert Gallia is now Father Robert Gallia, he was ordained to the priesthood last May, and he has a new album, Reach Out. He was in Malta last week, where we reached him on the phone. Father Robert, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you very much. So, um, d- I guess I should start by congratulating you. We haven't spoken since your, your ordination. So, you've recently, I guess it's not that recent anymore, but you've recently been ordained to the priesthood. Yes, I am still getting used to it. And it's it's been a great few weeks, but... Um, yeah, I, I always say that the best is yet to come as I begin my ministry right. um, in Australia. So you're in a parish in Australia? Yes, so I'm, I'm working in a parish um, called Shepparton, which is um, about two hours away from Melbourne. Okay. Um, as a, as a, a curate at the moment. Okay, what does that mean? Sorry, is that like an associate <laughs> the pastor? curate is a, a vice parish priest, a okay. vice pastor. Yeah, here in Canada, um, we call them associate pastors, yeah. Associate pastor, that's it. Okay, that, well that's okay, you don't want to be a full pastor yet. Make sure somebody, <laughs> Not yet, no, somebody else makes the all, the, all the big decisions and you just do all the fun stuff. Exactly, exactly, without um, the responsibility. Right, now, uh, <laughs> but you're in Australia, but you're Maltese, so how does that work? Were you ordained yeah, for um, the... You're I started my seminary formation when I was in um, in Malta. I did my first four years in Malta. Then I went to work in Australia to gain some experience. And I just fell in love with the place. I fell in love with the people. Um, and I just knew somehow that this was my place. Um, I work in a diocese which, is, which has um, about 45 parishes and 20 active priests. So um, even in my parish, we look after three mass centers. So oh, really? It's quite busy, yeah. It's been, it keeps us quite busy. So, is uh, 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 here in Canada that those that that diocese would be probably a mission diocese? Are they called mission diocese in that they don't have you don't have enough priests or enough wealth? No, I think I think it would hurt a lot of people's pride to say that, but in in actual uh. fact, yes, it is a mission diocese. Yeah. Um, vocations are, are lacking very much. Okay, so you're you're kept busy now. How does how does your music fit into your new ministry as a priest? Yeah. Um, I think the role of a priest um, is to to proclaim the gospel, to te- to tell the gospel to the to the people of God, and um, I one of my main roles is to speak to the hearts of the people and to speak the um, to proclaim the gospel in a way that people can understand. And I don't see any better means than than using music to to proclaim the gospel because music is the language of the heart. It transcends the mind, goes beyond the mind, and goes straight into the heart. Do you find and, that? Um, Sorry. I use music um, to emphasize what I'm already saying and doing through my ministry. I always say I'm first a Christian, then I am a priest, and then only then 
right. am I a musician? Right. Do you do you find that because you're young and because you're a musician, you end up doing a lot of stuff for youth? I do. Yes. Um. I'm, I tend to work a lot in schools and in in a high security um prison juvenile prison. Oh, really? In Australia. Really. And I use music in in that way. For example, I'd go into a, a prison um, group and I'd start speaking, and people wouldn't pay attention. Then, oh, oh, hold on a second. Let's see sorry, if we can sorry. stop. Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, th- then I'd go to, um, and they wouldn't pay attention. And then I'd go to um, another. I'd pick up the guitar, just start singing, and all of a sudden they're all ready to pay attention. Right. Right, just amazing because it's it's a language that they can understand. And so, so absolute. So even if so, you're talking about the prison or the school or both. Yeah, I think it's both. Sometimes I wonder which is worse, the prison or the school. Right, right. <laughs> so you find it's that w- um, it, it doesn't it just works. Um, sometimes people are, it, within a prison there is some sense of of discipline within a school somehow people are rebellious and continue to be rebellious right but it's um i i love working in schools i love the rebellious teens at the back of the class for example because they're the first to listen once the music is played right right now just a note for anyone joining the program at this time you're listening to Salt and Light Radio I'm Pedro Guevara man we're speaking to a featured artist of this week father Robert Galea um you you're just telling us about uh you know that that kid in the back row and and I think that you you probably like those kids because you can relate to them in a way, right? Yes, I can. I can. I spent a lot of years, um, sort of, in in rebellion at time where I didn't want to listen to the gospel. I didn't want to listen. Didn't want to have anything to do with church, church or, or, or with God, yeah. for that matter. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until this this man, um, in the middle of a prayer meeting, started to talk about God in a way I had never understood. It was just. Um, and from that moment, I decided to turn my life around. He right. spoke about God as as a friend, and this is the the heart of my message. This is the heart of of the gospel, actually. That we we don't need to be afraid of God. God is not there to take things away from us, but to bless us, to to help us enjoy life and live life to the full. Right, and you'd say, so so you'd you'd say that even through your music, that's the main message. Yes, I think, especially um, my latest album, which I've just released speaks about that it's called reach out and it's, yep. it's about um, reaching out to god who's already reaching out to us that god is not as far away as we think you know i've spent so much time with suffering teenagers and so often they end, in, end up in a place of desperation because they don't think they don't have anyone to reach out to they don't even in such an individualistic nation as australia they have no one to 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 cry out to when they're in need mm-hmm. and so from the age of 13 to 35 there's a there's a, there's a sort of a and increase in the rate of suicide, for example, because there's a, they f- they are trying to reach out to something, but uh, nothing seems to to be working for them. Right. So this right. album is about sort of reach. Uh, the main song says, "Reach out to the hand that is longing to save you, that's already reached out towards you." Right. Yeah, that's a that's a great image that the God that loves us so much, He's already there. We just need to uh, accept it. Um, were you always? Uh, I guess you were always involved in music even though you were going through a period of rebellion, as you, but you were always involved in music growing up? No, I, I picked up the guitar and started playing music when I was about 17 oh, years really? old. Oh, really? I, I didn't play music before. I'm a self-taught musician in a sense. Um, yeah. But um, music always... I always loved listening to music, let's put it that way, and I was okay. always the first to learn the lyrics of a song before all of my friends. Right, right. Um, so... 
yeah, somehow music calmed me down and um, there were times I used to be so angry, I used to slam the door of my room and put on my Metallica CD full blast and just right. spend hours just listening and yeah, allowing myself to get lost in the music, sometimes in the wrong kind of music. But yeah, so you were, already, you were already back in the faith when you picked up the guitar? Yes, I was. I, was. It was, I had just started sort of my conversion, um, uh, walking with God, and I picked up the guitar and I started to, to copy, basically I started to copy musicians I used to see on, on MTV and other television, music television stations. Right. And, um, and then before I knew it, I started to listen to Christian music and I started playing that and uh-huh. eventually started praying and um, playing my music in church and in stuff. prayer meetings. Yeah, nice. Now, um, do you see a connection then be- between the, the music and your, your conversion? Um, I do, yes, because somehow people can express um, sometimes prayer we need to open our hearts to God and sometimes yeah. we, we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do and I believe that music helped me in that, it helped me say things that, that words couldn't say, it helped me um, cry when I couldn't cry, it helped me um, sort of try try and reach out to God when I couldn't reach out. Right, 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 right. Um, and and, and uh, this is, Reach Out is your fourth album? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. It is if it's you include the Divine Mercy Chapel. Yes, thing. yes. Which, by the way, it's I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I actually managed to tell you or got to tell you, but I, I did. I love it. It's very good. It's very well done. Yeah, so here's a plug for Robert Galea's Divine Mercy Chaplet. Um, actually, a plug for all his music. Uh, he's got four albums. Uh, the latest one, Reach Out. If you were in Malta the uh, last week, you, you, you would have had the chance to go to uh, one of his concerts. Uh, and if you're in Australia, certainly uh, look him up. Um, yeah. Hopefully we can have you back in Canada one day soon, Rob. Yes, I hope to com- be coming later this year. Um, oh, later in um, 2011, that is. Oh, excellent, excellent. And and maybe hopes for Madrid? Yes. World Youth Day? I'll be there in Madrid too, on a, on a hopefully a small stage, because last time I think I was a bit overwhelmed a by a the big stage. A little too big. Anyway, Robert, Father Robert, um, nice to chat with you. That's all the time we have, but it's been great to connect with you and to uh, to allow our listeners to learn a little bit more from you. And uh, we're going to actually, we're going to play Reach Out so that people can get to hear that one song, the title track of the new album. So thank you very much. Thanks and God bless. That was Father Robert Gallia. I spoke to him last week while he was in Malta for a new album release concert. You can find out more about him and his music at his website, thatsworship.com. Here now is Father Robert Gallia from his new album, Reach Out, with the song, Stronger. I know what goes up must come down, but your love defies gravity. I know... What goes around comes around, but your grace lifts me to higher ground. To higher ground, yeah. They say, where there's a will, there is a way, and you say you
We're listening to Stronger by Father Robert Gallia. That brings us to the end of this special edition of Salt and Light Radio. Remember to check out our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio, and our blog, saltandlighttv.org slash blog. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been a special edition of Salt and Light Radio. Salt and Light.